0: the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to
1: Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. It's Wine Women Radio Hour. I'm Marcia Meekhumber, and we are Zooming in again today. All the co-hosts are together. Misty Rodebush-Kane is here. Hi, Misty. Hi. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, got to get our glasses out.
2: Yeah, if you're Ooh. drinking wine, if it's five o'clock, I'm sure it's five o'clock somewhere. So grab yeah. a
1: glass and exactly. We'll talk a little them. bit about what we're drinking. And Lisa Adams Walter is here from Adams Walter Communications. How are you, Lisa? Hello. I'm great. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Good. Happy to be here. Cheers. Seeing you guys in person though, but it would be better. But, yeah, but it's really nice. Some virtual toasting. Yes. So what, what's everybody drinking? What's everybody been drinking and enjoying? Misty, you go. So being that I work for St. Supri, tasting
2: my favorite wine of theirs today. So this is the St. Supri Dollar Hyde Sauvignon Blanc, the 2018 vintage. It's fantastic, very refreshing and crisp. And a lot of those traditional Sauvignon Blanc flavors that you expect, um, very much citrus and a little bit of grapefruit, but then also the nice creaminess that this oak, the oak imparts on this wine. It has spent a few months on some new French oak. So it's a fantastic wine, one of my summertime favorites. Cool. I
0: remember when we visited you at St. Cypri, we tasted that wine and I loved it. it was really, yeah. really nice. I'm a huge Sauvignon Blanc fan. And I'm drinking, what's one of, one of our everyday house wines here, which you can find anywhere. Joel got Sauvignon Blanc, which is um, just a good standard zipper, I think, that you can find at almost any, they have it, I think the best price I've seen good. is Costco. I know we can't talk price, but it's often at Trader Joe's and Target and grocery stores and even Ranch Market here in Yonto where I'm
1: located, so it's all over the place. Very cool, good. And uh, I've got, of course, uh, one of my accounts, the Mathis, which you're reading backwards, of course, uh, the Mathis Rosé Dr. Grenache. Such a nice
2: wine, Marsha. I enjoyed trying that when we were able to. Yeah,
1: it's really nice. And uh, he just got a, a gold medal and a 91 point score from Experience Rosé, which is the largest Rosé competition in the United States. So that was a nice feather in his cap, so to speak. So I imagine everybody is still doing quite a lot of Zoom meetings, virtual tastings, presentations. Um, what What are you guys experiencing and what are you seeing as trends going forward? Yeah, I
2: mean, Marsh, I don't know if you want to go first, but we are in Zoom. Like it's been Zoom since right after you know, when we all got our work at home orders. It's been just nonstop Zoom meetings from a consumer perspective. It's allowed us this really fun and unique platform to connect with our customers and then also to still connect with our trade and retail partners. So we've engaged and partnered with. Them on a bunch of different tastings for consumers and then more educational focus when we're speaking with our distributors and trade partners. So we've leveraged the platform to the maximum. We're also still sort of finding ways to activate in other platforms, such as, you know, YouTube and Instagram. And we're having a lot of fun and we're um, being really nimble and quick in our adoption of the technology. And thankfully, we had some infrastructure in place already from a tasting kit perspective that enabled us to get um, pre-assortment sets of wines out to our consumers so that they could taste alongside us at St. Supri. So it's been interesting, fun, and busy.
1: How have your customers through St. C- Supri, sorry, um, existing club members versus uh, new to St. Supery, how have they been reacting to you know, get the kit, sign up for virtual tasting. What are you getting as feedback?
2: Yeah, so we have quite a lot. We've sent out a few um, email marketing communications to our database and to past club members. So we have sort of reconnected with some past members, which has been really, really nice. And then this virtual platform where, you know, there's a tremendous amount of media and coverage on the different virtual tastings that are available to consumers. So from that we've actually gained some new customers and they've been with us now we're on our we just finished our second series so they've been with us for 12 weeks straight and then we had a mini series with Silverado Estate or Silverado Vineyards. So mm-hmm. we've had a total of 14 14- Zooms already and some of our consumers have been with us since the very beginning and they've never been to the property and They're you know dying to come back out next time They come to Napa and they're really happy with what you know We've been able to offer them while they've been at home and their entertainment and a connection with folks has been
1: limited cool well, I know you told us um, last week um, during the show that you've done some things where you've um, taken the show, the show um, outside to the vineyard. What kind of reaction are you getting to like various different styles segments? What- What do consumers seem to be the most excited about in a virtual tasting besides tasting the wine? (laughs) Yeah, I think that this
2: sense of place has so much to do with it. And, you know, that's really what drives us to Napa or different wine country locations around the world is, you know, that unique sense of place and terroir. So, yes, when anytime we're out in the vineyards or showing our vineyards or our winemakers, you know, walks out into the vineyards, shows us what's actually going on, you know, how the grapes are progressing. We get some fantastic response. Consumers really, consumers, and even trade as well, you know, they love seeing it firsthand. And since we can't, they, folks can't visit the winery, you know, on their own, we're able to bring it to them. And the access has been amazing because, you know, now we're able to reach so many more people than we were prior um, because not everyone can come out to Napa every year. Right. So now, you know, we're, we're connecting with the entire U.S. on a weekly basis. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. I, I've
0: seen that with, with some of my clients too. And I, in fact, I had a conversation with a guy who's totally on the wine trade sales side, um, just this week. And he was saying that it's, it's never, ever going to be the same in terms of when, and Misty, you went through this, I think when we were, recently Zooming when they have like national sales meetings and um, they were telling the, all the wineries they represent because they were a sales organization, well, you're going to need to send a set of samples to every salesperson. you're going to need to do this and that. And and the wineries were like, well, that sounds really expensive. And he said, it's way less expensive than airfare and hotels and entertaining them when they're here and you've got their, you know, you're right in their face, you've got their attention and then they can try the wine and then they can try it later. And um, they're having Zoom meetings with wineries all over the world with their sales teams. And it it's pretty interesting. You know, it's a silver lining for sure, right?
2: Of yeah, we, <laughs> just, we just came out of our, we host two national sales meetings each year, um, one mid-year in the summer and then one in the winter months. And so we just came out of one and it was a three-day virtual series. And I was surprised with how fantastic, how productive and how educational it was. We pulled our chef in and we had some amazing demos that he, uh, we participated in. And it was a lot of fun, you know, and enabled our marketing team to get really creative with how we were gonna meet the objectives set forth for the year. So it was fun.
1: That's really encouraging to hear that, you know, you know, when you're served lemons, not that COVID-19 is lemons, but you know, we're all making lemonade, so to speak, um, to kind of work the simile there. <laughs> and it's working pretty successfully so that's good to hear um is saint superee open now by appointment only for small groups misty yeah we are
2: open by appointment now for we have um reduced hours obviously so we're open um through most of the weekends and we are seeing groups up to six so not the normal groups that were used to seeing. We're also a pet-friendly property, but unfortunately with spatial limiting, we are currently not allowing pets or um, minors under, or, or folks under, thir- I guess not just minors, right. but folks under about 13. Just because of space limitations, it's really difficult. And we're, you know, we've had to reposition and pivot our entire tasting room space to accommodate everyone. Everything is, uh, we're trying to facilitate, as touchless as possible of a transaction, um, minimizing trying to get everyone to set up accounts online before they actually step foot on the property. So it's a simplified checkout process.
1: Nice, good stuff. How, uh, what else have you seen, Lisa, in terms of what the community is doing and your customers?
0: So for wineries, um, I have one wine, well, one winery has gone totally, Instagram Live, and it's been very successful. They were doing Instagram Live before the shutdown even happened, which was great. Um, and now they've started to work with not only chefs, but with, um, with um, some celebrities that they've actually met online via Instagram that have become interested in their wines because everybody's just been sheltering in place and staying home. So um, that's been kind of a cool thing to see happen.
2: Very we, um, nice with Very this nice. this well, whole just- pandemic we've uh, our estate chef and our CEO and our winemakers have you know gained this new i guess appreciation from our consumer base and you know they've actually been able to show a lot of their personality online so we're getting a lot of comments from folks that they love seeing them every week and connecting with them so i could see the huge draw with the celebrity cuz you really get to see sort of unfiltered access to these um, really yeah. unique people Fantastic.
0: yeah it, it was cool it's been very very cool um and then another another winery just just started doing just regular facebook lives so many times a week and and it, it was really cool because they're the owners of that winery were a, a little bit older of a generation but they it, it, i think that's one of the biggest things right with all of this is that everyone's become so comfortable and with with zoom and with different platforms where there used to be sort of a barrier to entry and now it's just it's as easy as anything it's, you know i think about my parents who are a little bit elderly and how when they first had cell phones they weren't really sure about it and they didn't know what to do but now i mean there there's no barrier everybody wants to do all of
1: these yes. of things so it's cool it's the only way to connect so yeah. it's the natural way to get connected And uh, Mm -hmm. Lisa, before we move on and introduce our guest, I wanted to talk a little bit about the latest project that you took on, because in case our listeners don't know, your specialty is public relations and writing for fine arts and wine and alcoholic beverage. Um, Let's put wine and alcoholic beverage into fine arts. uh, For the moment. (laughs) Um, but you just, uh, you just took on a, a new project to help out for those who are really having a hard time um, because of the pandemic going on uh, with Feed Napa Valley. Can you talk a little bit about that before we move on? Yeah, yeah I'll just quickly mention
0: um, we just launched this week a new program. It's a coalition of, of restaurateurs and chefs and community members. Um, that had put together an organization called Feed Napa Now, and it supported 100% through donations. And right away, three families came up and made sizable donations, including Bryant Estate in Napa and Dariush Winery in Napa. And that money goes, it's donated to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Napa Valley. And then it's used to purchase lunches for this pilot program for kids in those camps because those kids are, many of them, were getting their meals from schools, And that went away. Um, and, the, and the camps are really in, a, in a, a bit of a pickle because usually they host 800 kids and they had to pare it down to 150 kids. So they put kids of first responders and kids of families who are really impacted by COVID first, you know, on the list, or kids who are either in a foster situation or homeless. And so they're trying this and the way it works is the donations then purchase the meals and then that money goes straight to the restaurants who are operating at a lower capacity. So it helps supplement their income and pay for their employees. And the chefs and the restaurateurs that I've spoken with, they're really super passionate about it because they were like, well, we're okay as, as individuals, but what about our people? And they realized that there are people where a lot of these children, these are the families of a lot of people that work in the restaurants. So um, it's really exciting and it's really fun to see it take off. And we've got some great restaurants, that just House and Ristorante Alegria, and Tarla, I'm just mentioning a few off the top of my head, Um, Napa Palisade Saloon, and and the new First and Franklin Marketplace downtown, they're very involved in it, and um, they're making meals, and they're getting paid for them, and it's just terrific, because everybody wins, and it's a donation to help support it, and so donations can be made at thepositiveplace.org which is the Boys and Girls Club of Napa Valley website. And um, we're gonna see see where it goes from here. I mean, hopefully the idea is that it's not just to help during COVID, but it's to help during all of these disasters because they keep happening. And the feeling from the restaurant community in Napa was that it was sort of ad hoc. There was nothing really in place. And hopefully this will grow to be an umbrella organization to help all of the towns and cities in the County of Napa.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. So, and I'm sure um, the chefs uh, and similar will help expand it to other communities um, as they see the success of the program. So, yeah, definitely. Work. All right. Well, I think it's time to introduce our guest who's going to uh, unmute herself in a second. <laughs> She's been waiting in the wings patiently, which we're really grateful for. Uh, Mallory McElligott, do I have your, Do I, did I say it right, Mallory? You did, it. You did a good job. Mallory yeah. Um as Lisa told us uh, earlier off mic, so to speak, Mallory is a super go-getter. She's currently the director of membership and events at Silver Pride <laughs> Winery. Uh, she's also a mom with a toddler, so if you're hearing little background noises, uh, she's home over <laughs> <laughs> their son. He's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of sweet and you know, this is the world of Zoom now. So we, we're all dealing with it. Family life intersects um, with business life and that's perfectly okay. But the big thing that we wanted to talk to Mallory about today, and I'm, and I'm going to turn it over to Lisa kind of to talk about a bit more and how she met Mallory was that she founded and runs an organization called BANG, By Appointment Networking Group in Napa Valley. Okay. Uh, so, so a lot of wineries, uh, including the one that she works for now, Silver Trident Winery, um, are open only by appointment, which means they've got some perceived and actual limitations in terms of tasting <laughs> for visitors that makes it challenging. And uh, we're gonna let Mallory talk about addressing all those challenges in just a second. So Lisa, why don't I turn it over to you to fill in the other blanks about how you met Mallory and and, uh, what she's been doing. Well, when I met Mallory, she was, fresh out of college from Sonoma State and
0: she and it, it was awesome because um there was someone else I knew in the wine business who said you have to meet this young woman she's just got this great vibe and I believe at the time Mallory was doing some sort of like wine club telephone work yeah and um spoke to someone right Mallory and they were and this yeah. person like loved your energy and so um I think Mallory, it was Trini Trini yeah Trini, of, Trini um, and the yeah. yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Totally. Wow. Yeah, and definitely
0: Trini. And so, yeah, it was a long time ago. So, <laughs> since then, it's been really fun to see Mallory grow up, get married, um, become an Instagram influencer. She's at Vine Living on Instagram and doing really cool things in terms of wine, wine country, wine fashion, young motherhood. It's, it's, super fun to see. And then now Bang on top of her job at Silver China Winery. So um, as I was brainstorming guests, I
3: thought she'd be a great person to have on the show. So welcome Mallory. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to um, speak to everyone, all of your clients and uh, let you know a little bit more about Bang and kind of going back to what Marsha was saying earlier Uh, like where we're all at with everything. And, uh, you know, by appointment, wineries definitely have an advantage to a lot of people in that they are, um, you know, most of them have a lot of space and have outdoor space and have, you know, the ability to redirect very easily, unlike I would say larger properties um, where you're used to seeing thousands of people a day, and you're going to have to start seeing 100 people a day. Um, that's a huge difference, whereas by appointment winery that's maybe regulated to see four people a day. Well, they're gonna just only see four people a day still. So I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, by appointment, wineries aren't as affected in the sense that um, the limitations are growing. They're very similar to what they were before. I think that now it's just, you know, considering all of those other things, and that everyone is now going to be by appointment. So, uh, before when, you know, we were able to maybe filter some things to our friends that weren't by appointment, um, we're all going to have to work together as a community to communicate what yeah. we're doing now and how it can still be fun. Cool. Because I think that's going to be a huge thing for people.
1: Cool. Well, Bang, you're, you have listed the Bang mission as to work in partnership with like-minded, highly selective, buy-appointment wineries and other comparable businesses, including concierge, chauffeurs, and caterers, allowing them to provide elevated services to their clientele, which is what you were just talking about, Mallory. Um, and I wanted to ask you... Um, What was, what was the initial problem besides that four persons only versus a thousand people allowed per day, what were you seeing was the, the gap where people not providing exciting enough experiences by appointment? What, where do you see the gap that you're filling that, that people have really done before.
3: Sure. As it relates to Bang as an organization, like what we're providing for our members? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Bang as an organization has always been to provide something for specifically by appointment wineries, connecting everyone with drivers that would be bringing guests, with caterers that would be doing on-site events. And I would say that There are a lot of organizations out there prior to starting Bang, and I should give a little history on Bang, too. So why don't I start there for a second? Bang started in 2014. Um, I, at the time, worked for the Plumpjack Group for about 10 years, and I was managing all of their wine clubs for Kate Plump Jack, and Odette. I found a need for a, um, at least for myself, a network of uh, individuals that I could refer my guests to, be it a driver, a hotel other winery clients and I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly the experience that my guests were gonna receive. And so I created a really small group of very few individuals. There was about 10 of us who got together and um, it started from there. It grew to, we have a monthly event that we host at a different location. Um, anywhere from 50 to 100 people at each of these events. And uh, we have about 170 business members. So about 350 individuals that are part of our membership. And, you know, the one thing for Bang that is going to be a really fun challenge is we're creating kind of new events and we're uh, trying to modify and redirect like all of our members. So going back to, you know, wineries that are the size that could host 1,000 people versus 10 people, um, I think that you're going to find that the smaller wineries just aren't changing what they're doing so much as far as business went because they were already utilizing online. They were set up like an allocation brand where maybe they had a couple releases a year. Maybe they didn't host that many guests to begin with. So as far as the by appointment world, I think if anything, um, what you guys were talking about earlier with virtual tastings and all the virtual experiences out there, uh, you know, by appointment wineries being smaller had a great relationship base with a lot of their consumers already. So jumping into those virtual tastings was, there was no effort um, or challenge at all. Mm -hmm. And, And I think going forward, what's gonna be interesting is that for the smaller by appointment wineries, um, you're going to have an issue with obviously our clientele not being able to travel to see us. So of course, wanting to do those virtuals, um, and you know, it'll be, we'll see in six months kind of, you know, where we're all at, I think with, uh, you know, the opening up in the summertime here, uh, I'm really feeling very positive. Everyone's gotten a lot of great, um, Tasting's booked this last weekend and into this weekend. Uh, we just got off a call this morning at 12 o'clock and uh, I mean, every business is just booming. So I think there's a lot of positivity out there um, for all sectors, it's just gonna be how, how good you were before at keeping in touch with your customers.
1: That's a really important part of maintaining your success. Uh, if you lose contact with those customers, you know, it's over, it, right? Marsha, <laughs> so, yeah.
2: I have a I have a question for Mel about the networking event. So, um, thank you for that great overview of Bang and the history. And I just have um, questions about, you know, during these last few months, um, how have you repositioned Bang, or what's been exciting, um, some exciting changes at Bang? Because obviously, you know, you're not able to host those member meetings like you probably yeah. were in the past. I know.
3: It's, yeah, it was a big bummer. And when your entire business is about getting together, <laughs> um, we <laughs> redirected in that we started hosting online monthly events. Um, we were doing them biweekly actually, as everything was constantly changing and not sure when we were going to open and all of that. Now that we've officially reopened, um, we have kind of redirected and we're going to be doing our monthly online events. And the hope is come August, we're going to start a, a um, micro bang series. So basically in August what we'll do is instead of our normal group size of 50 to 100 uh, we will have groups sizes between 15 and 20 most likely and we'll have two sessions one at five o'clock one at 6:15, 45 minutes long have our vintners in there everyone will be able to taste and really do the same exact thing that we were doing prior um, introducing our member vintners by having their wines available to taste, introducing the property that we're at, um, and then everyone networking within that time frame, I think it's going to be very similar to what we were doing before, just a smaller group, and I think that the relationships will be much more meaningful because they'll have that opportunity to network in such a smaller um, group set. Whereas prior, obviously, we were you know trying to maximize the locations and uh, the different meetings. So yeah. Um, one way we're redirecting, we're also starting a job fair that we're going to have uh, in July for all of our members that were displaced due to COVID and any of our businesses that are looking to bring on new hires. Um, So I think that'll be really positive. And just, you know, as far as social media goes, obviously, I, Lisa mentioned earlier, I do a little bit of influencing social media consultation on the side. Um, I run the Instagram for four different businesses, my own two, silver trident and then a brand that i represent called tp reserve and um you know it, it's instagram is huge facebook is huge and so we're really trying to as a business um provide some in- insight and some resources for our members by offering some complimentary consultation uh for them as well so that'll be kind of a c- couple hours 2 to 3 hours consultation with five different sticking points of after we analyze their social media uh, what we would suggest that they do to uh, kind of uh, expand grow sell more wine whatever it is they're trying to do
2: yeah for you brought up some great points and for listeners out there you know if you're not um, familiar with some of these various networking groups that there are in the industry, they are extremely powerful um, because as Mel mentioned, you know, learning the size, and learning about even your member vintners is really, really helpful because not every group and not every consumer is right for every property. So by being really well-versed and aware of all of your neighbors and what they have to offer really helps because we can keep You know, if someone, if a client comes to us and they have a specific need or a specific um, requirement and we can't fulfill it, it's great to have these networks because you can just throw it out there to your network and say, hey, you know, this person contacted me and this is what they're looking for. Is there anyone available? And then from a career perspective for jobs. So so that's fantastic that you're offering that um, for the Valley. Thank you. I definitely
3: thought, you know, I've already got people in the pipeline that have paid their annual dues. We've got renewals coming up. You know, what do we do to just continue to add value? And, you know, like everyone else, sometimes you just have to work a little harder to do the exact same thing. (laughs) And, you know, I think that it just is what it is and I'm happy to provide that for my members. And, you know, I kind of wish with the social media consultation stuff that I would have offered that up a little earlier because it's a skill set that I've been able to use, utilize for my business, my clients for the last five years. And I definitely think it'll be something huge for BANG members. I
0: have a question. Um, So BANG was for winery by appointment only, but now it's like almost every winery by appointment only. Does this expand your potential membership base?
3: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, we always, of course, want to work with people that want to network and I think that the main thing about bang is we want people who want to participate we don't want anyone you know to just join and give me their money for the year and never show up because you know at the end of the year they're not going to get anything out of it we're not going to get anything out of their membership and um, you know it truly is about the uh, active participants as much as it is about um, you know what we provide
1: and it's quite a lot. I mean, I was listening, Mallory, to your long list of things that you're doing. So you know, you have um, a little bit under two hundred uh, primary members uh, that you're dealing with for Bang Napa Valley. And by the way, listeners, that's a quick thing to just Google Bang Napa Valley if you want to find the website and join. That's the fastest way to do that. Um, Thank you. You've got that, you're, you've got Silver Trident, uh, you've, you've got all this work that you're doing as an influencer and coaching other people with social media. That's like four full-time jobs. Oh, I know. and you're a mom with a toddler. <laughs> I, know. I drink a lot of wine. So uh, since our listeners are, in in many cases, uh, a lot of women in the wine industry or women considering wine industry jobs, um, I don't know, what kind of tips, tricks, uh, advice do you want to give our women in the industry uh, as their advice of how you juggle it all? Um,
3: Take advice you know, listen, don't be, you know, the uh, queen or king of your domain Let other people be in charge as much as you are in charge and, um, you know, really listen, I think is huge. Uh, I think for women in the wine industry, things have changed a lot in the last 10 years since I started in the wine industry. And I think that, you know, we definitely have found a certain level of respect as individuals in this industry and that continues to grow. Um, I think with social media, it's been interesting because you don't see, you know, a ton of men in that um, landscape. And so, you know, women have definitely dominated the social media influencer uh, landscape. And it's been really huge as far as, uh, oh. you know, Napa overall has been a really, um, I, I'm fifth generation in, by the way. So I, I say this with a lot of uh, just... I would say authority on the subject. But um, I think that in general, you know, Napa is a interesting place. And it's been kind of a little bit of an old boys club for a long time. And I don't think that, you know, uh, it's been anti women at all. But I definitely think that Um, 2020 just where we're at in the last five years has provided a great space for women to really shine and show what they're capable of Um, and you know definitely women winemakers for sure I hate that there's even the term women winemakers because it shouldn't be a term it's just winemaker
1: Um, well let's not forget then there's the term black winemakers and oh that shouldn't be a a term either
3: The fact that we even have to have that conversation is just so sad and disgusting. Um, I hate it, but I think that, you know, being in the social media world in the last two weeks with everything going on um, and the wine world for sure, uh, we've got a lot of work to do. And uh, it's gonna be, you know, interesting in the next, say five to 10 years. Um, I can't wait to see in 2030 when my son's 10, what we're all talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Mallory, I'm curious, did you have any specific mentors when you started off your career and started working your way up?
3: Yeah, um, well, I mean, as you know, I worked with Lisa, and and that was really, really exciting and fun, and and she really opened my eyes up to um, how hard PR is. (laughs) and how much work it is. Yes. I went to college for PR and I thought that's what I wanted to do and then I was like, "Whoa, Lisa works like 24 hours a day." <laughs> and you know, I think it takes getting to a certain age for me at least where um now I realize that you have to work 24 hours a day. That's just how <laughs> it is. <laughs> and so um You know, I think I definitely found a lot of uh, great help and insight from Lisa. And um, one of my bosses I worked with who owns the Napa Valley Wine Academy, uh, Christian Ogenfuss, uh, was a huge mentor to me when I worked at the pump group, um, as well as Lisa Sedgley, who is the director of all things at the pump group uh, for the wineries. She was a huge, huge mentor. And just, um, you know, I think anyone that like told you at a younger age, hey, you're doing this and that's great, but don't expect anyone to necessarily care just because you're doing it. Um, You have to prove to them why they should care. And so, you know, having some of those harder conversations earlier on was really helpful. And, you know, I, I think also to just being aware of, um, your own like procrastinating and things that you do that you shouldn't do, uh, you don't learn those until you just get a little bit older. So um, yeah, having Lisa and Christian and Lisa Sedgley uh, was really, really helpful at that young age. What what if I-
0: I'm
3: sorry, I just have to go Ah, <laughs> so Thank you.
2: And, oh, yeah, and with a to- toddler in tow, I-, I have three children myself, so I, I understand as a working mother, but no I, think, do it. I, I'm just curious, and I've seen some fantastic women leaders um, sort of exit the business younger in their life, whether it's the first child or the second child. So I'm just curious um, if you have any advice for young working mothers out there in the wine industry or any industries in general, just how to continue or.
3: Yeah, um, I would say don't try to do it all. Hire a nanny and you know make your husband get up in the middle of the night to feed your kid because everyone needs to sleep and it should be a team effort not an individual effort and i think as women we try to take too much on and we try to do it all and i think that for the people that can hallelujah you must you know have some sort of special blood that i don't have but definitely take help hire a nanny let your husband do stuff and um you know at the end of the day like make sure you're scheduling time to be on the ground sitting with your kid while they play and you know my kid doesn't really like to read books but he loves to go outside so I just go outside with him as much as possible and try to spend time with him and I bring my phone
1: and work while I'm doing it (laughs) There you go. Multitasking, it's the, it's the absolute key. And it's a little tough on a day like today where it's extra hot in the <laughs> yeah. country, but you found yourself some shady spots, so that helps. Yes. It's a good way to go. Um, I'm curious, Mallory, what you might have learned either from um, silver tridents by appointment, virtual by appointment experiences and or from your Bang Napa Valley members virtual by appointment things, um, get a little bit more detailed, deep dive into um, what parts of virtual tasting appointments um, that they actually see um, a lot better engagement with the customers uh, and the reverse, where does it seem like they lose them? There's a disconnect.
3: Uh, I definitely think as far as virtual tastings go, you know, we actually didn't jump on board with virtual tastings for Silver Trident, which, uh, you know, is either, neither here nor there. Um, you know, that was just our personal choice. But a lot of the members that decided to do them, were very successful, and, um, you know, also had some hiccups along the way. I think that, you know, people figured out that group virtual tastings yeah. with, you know, multiple um, groups at one location became really difficult, because obviously, keeping people's interest um, was hard, you know, as far as they're all drinking, hanging out together, and so, you know, bringing it back. Um, I know that a lot of people had issues with uh, you know, people sending them the wine and them drinking it before the tasting and then, you know, getting on for the tasting and being like, oh, I already drank the wine or I already tried through it and, or, or not wanting to necessarily open all the bottles they're sent. So only opening one and drinking that the whole time while you're talking about five different wines and they're just sitting on sipping on Chardonnay for two hours. <laughs> so, you know, I think that a lot of people had success when they did a pre-sale, um, for the most part. So if you're whatever packet it was, you were sending, um, you know, that you have to sail up front. And then at the end, it wasn't as difficult when you had to ask for the sale. Um, so, cause I know that a lot of people, you know, at the end you're on a virtual tasting and then it's like, all right, so Marsha, um, would you like six or 12 of that Chenin Blanc? Cause I know you were a big fan of it during the tasting. And we could throw some free shipping on there too. So I mean, whatever it is, that's going to make you happy. I mean, that's just kind of an awkward conversation to have.
1: So it's, my it's husband—it's like, like timeshares. You know, you go to the
2: timeshare
1: <laughs> you No one's coming at the end. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, One. One of a very successful tactic that, you know, has worked and, you know, we've been doing it and Silverado has been doing it and many other wineries have been doing it as well, but to really not push that sale, you know, I think totally. that this is a really important time to connect and engage with your customers. And if they like the product that they're tasting, you know, they're going to come back to purchase it, maybe promote and push where they can find it near them as well. Cause sometimes that convenience factor factory is or factor is really important. You know, they can, Maybe their local Bevmo carries your wine, and right. you you
1: never know. If they're locally, to be carried no. by Bevmo,
2: yeah, I you're right. Well, the small smaller allocations, though, that won't work. You definitely have to order direct from the winery. Good idea. Yeah, um, I think with the virtual
3: tastings, the uh, packages of the full bottles, if they're going to continue, I think that people are going to have to find some way to make smaller offerings that's kind of like the the overall consensus
0: yeah I've seen some wineries doing some cool things like um including a Coravin or something like that or making that part of the process so people can taste and not open the whole bottle and educating people on that um and also to the points that a couple of you made up um I think it is really wise for wineries to just be like, hey, this is what we're drinking. What are you drinking? And not be afraid to have other brands or wines brought into the experience because it really is about, you know, all tides rise the ship, right? So we want, we want exactly. people drinking wine and, you know, or maybe um, collaborating with another winery where there's a small business there or whatever, you know, a non-competing sort of winery maybe focuses on different varietal or from a different region. I think those are some cool things that I've been seeing happen. For sure. Right. I definitely
3: think sharing is huge. Promoting others um, has been huge. And yeah, I mean, just as far as digital stuff goes, um, I, I definitely see it staying for a while.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, given uh, what we know about the pandemic, it's expected to be with us for another year. That means we've got to adapt and stay adapted to this new normal. Um, So it's going to be a part of it. Um, Are are other folks experimenting with things like, um, are they trying to put special printed materials in the sample box scented, sent to um, the people who are going in the virtual trainings. does that add anything? Does it not Or videos? I think
3: adding in um, order forms and pens and um, corkscrews. And the Corbin thing is great to touch on Lisa's point. The only issue is the cost of it. Yeah. So if you're going to include it mm-hmm. in the package just making sure that the costs match up, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think with the order form and the pen, I know from uh, my husband's winery—he works for Reverie Winery NA and AN Air. And they've had great success with their virtuals because they send this order form and the pen and the wine opener. And so they're all sitting there with it while they're doing the tasting. And he's actually been the most successful out of this entire company. And he really is like the most lax about it. Probably talks about the wine the least, honestly, and doesn't even drink it with them. And then literally at the end, he just says to everyone, hey, you know, guys, pull out your order forms and like, you know, check it out. And then he tells them, if you text me tonight, I'll give you free shipping on, you know, six bottles, whatever. And I tell you what, he's had, like, multiple 10 case orders. Wow. Like, ridiculous wow. stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's Yeah, like, <laughs> he's had, like, multiple where, like, one person bought, like, seven, another person bought ten. He's had a person buy a barrel. I mean, like, people are out there spending money. And, you know, I think that it's just about... Um, Making sure that, you know, with the virtuals, you're, you're vetting the people to an extent. Um, they sell them the packs at like 50% upfront. And then when they get them, you know, they're welcome to do whatever they want with the pack. So, but they have to schedule a tasting if they buy the pack. So, um, and then a lot of other members have had so many successes. It seems like with virtuals, um, I haven't talked to too many about the smaller vessels, so like the half bottles and the one, 187s. But if you're, you know, not rebottling, you your costs would be similar. Besides, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you have a higher uh, level of waste when you have smaller bottles because they don't
2: last as long. Yeah. That, so is one long. Of the, that is one of the challenges that we have as an industry are really faced with, um, you know, the 500... Totally. 500- 500 ml package, 375 and 187s, although they're extremely convenient, the cost um, the cost of goods to produce them is often so high, but totally. the wine industry, you know, if this continues, we will have to adopt some different alternative options.
3: Well, and it's way more expensive to rebottle things. So I almost would feel like if people are thinking about it for the fall, at least, and those different vintages that they're going to be bottling over the summer and into the fall. You know, maybe you make a few just to have and see what people are interested in. But um, I definitely, and that's also the catch 22 though, right? So you got people that are going to spend $60 on a virtual tasting and maybe that's all they want to spend. And then you do the virtual tasting and at the end, you know, they don't want to buy any wine. And that's obviously we're all in this for business at the end of the day. So a lot of my members, it's like trying to utilize and find what makes the most sense with um, the amount of time they have to use to make it happen.
0: But that, I mean, historically that happened in tasting rooms too, right? Like yeah. people would come in and they do that and then it's like, okay, they're done, then off they go, you know? So, it's, yeah, you know,
3: <laughs> it's pretty normal. It's what we're used
1: to. Yeah. I think that Is we've gotten kind of spoiled in that a little. Is there a sweet spot in terms of? the length of time for a virtual tasting before people, you know, uh, their their attention lapses so badly that, you know, no matter what you do, you can't make it win.
3: <laughs> I would say no more than 45 minutes because it's almost like if they start drinking before the tasting and then, you know, it's like when the alcohol hits their bloodstream basically. So I, yeah, I mean, 45 minutes to an hour. You know, once you get to a certain point when they've had so much wine, then their, their attention spans just start to shift.
1: Okay. Good advice. Lots of great stuff here. And the, the one we didn't talk about, but Misty did a little bit because they're doing it at St. Superee, was um, experiences with food in virtual tastings.
3: Yeah, They've been huge. I know people have been loving um, when they've gotten food pairings. The only issue is obviously summertime and when you ship food so having to have it uh, be temp controlled however it is you're shipping it wherever you're shipping it to. Um, But yeah oh my god I love when people
1: send me food. Yeah lots of good ideas and I bet you we're gonna hear of a lot more new ideas coming up over the many months and the winter months, because we're still going to be doing this in the winter months. Yep, totally. Uh, Mallory, where do you see Bang Napa Valley in another five years? Another five years, um, you know, I- Can I add on to
0: this? Can I add on to this question real quick? Will yeah. it go beyond, will it go beyond Napa Valley?
3: Good well, it already has, so Pardon? it it is, we're in Sonoma County, and it, we're basically in Sonoma County as well, so we have about um, almost almost 30 members in Sonoma County, So, uh, which nice. I'm very proud of because after I had my son, I, I made it my personal mission to really um, increase and drive our Sonoma membership side, and I really want to do that. And continue to do it, but um, this year was a really big push. So we went from having like maybe five members in Sonoma to almost 30 uh, in the last uh, four or five months. So, very happy about that. Um, I definitely see there being a need for it in other locations, but you know, I think about it like Shark Take. It's not proprietary, so it's not like someone could, you know, not do the same exact thing. Um, I, I love the name, the branding of it, obviously. And, you know, who knows? There's definitely a possibility for anything. Um, but I think with Bang, there's going to be uh, maybe not more physical networking events, but maybe more digital stuff online for other areas. So that's kind of where I'm gearing towards.
1: Cool. That's fantastic. I'm really yeah. glad to hear that it's taken off so well. And there's so much interest and in people are getting so much value <laughs> out of it. Mallory, why don't you repeat for our listeners how they find Bang online and learn about membership? Absolutely. You can go to our website,
3: which is bangnapavalley.com. You can sign up there for our individual tier or our um, group tier, uh, which includes two members. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, At Instagram, we're Valley. And on Facebook, or are Bang Napa Valley. And then uh, members have a private Facebook group um, that's not open to the public. So that's one of our many member benefits. But uh, thank you guys so much for having me on today. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me.
1: Thank you, Mallory. It's been really great to have you on the show today. For listeners who might have turned in late, we've been talking with Mallory McElligot. She is the founder and Chief, everything for Bang Napa Valley. So, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Marsha. It's been great. And Misty Rodebush Kane from Saint supri Thank you so much for being with us today and uh, helping host. Uh, the thank show. you, Misty. It.
2: Yeah, thank you, everyone. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Uh, you as well. Bye, Walter. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Lisa.
0: Good to see all of you.
1: Yeah, it is. So thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. We'll have another show that will be fantastic next week as well. Thanks, Marcia. Bye.